0: Welcome to Behind the DM Screen. It is March 2017. We are three DMs talking about our games and helping each other out. I'm Jeff. Somebody I'm else? Sam. In, there you go.
1: That's I'm Sam,
0: Mike. And that's Mike. And, I, and I'm going to talk good. on top of everybody.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. So, 15 minutes go on the clock. Each person gets to talk about their their games and ask whatever questions or answer whatever questions we have or whatever. Uh and first up on this episode is Mike. So, Mike, how's your game Hello. going?
2: My game is going well. So, I'm I'm running two games. Uh both are Storm King's Thunder. Uh one game, say one game is significantly ahead of the other at this point. My my Wednesday group um, is, is much further along in the storyline, um, and both groups are very different. One, I think I mentioned before, is a group of Zinterim. This is my Sunday group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the game storyline for them has pretty much turned into how do we run protection rackets across the Sword Coast? Uh, <laughs> and that's nice because it's it's... You know, the motivation is clear. I can work off of it. It's like as long as there's like people that they can manipulate into, uh, you know, worrying about this stuff. And there's a lot of opportunity to like plot with the giants in order to set things up to, you know, a lot of neat opportunities there, I think. So that one's that one's been going smoothly. Um, The other group are Harper's Mm -hmm. and uh, that's been going smoothly as well. But I'm hitting uh, I'm, you know, I'm hitting certain parts of the adventure where I'm like, oh, yeah, now I've got to figure out what the hell's actually going on. And mm-hmm. that that part they just met with Clouth, uh, who they didn't know was a giant red dragon until they showed up. And it turns out it's a giant red dragon. And that's a lot of fun because Clouth is sort of this mischievous, you know, he's not good. He's not evil, but he's you know, he's this ancient red dragon that's super powerful, but he loves magic. So I have him like his introduction to the characters was hitting them with a wanda web and then a wand of viscous, viscous globs. What's it mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. sticky, sticky web uh, because he just wanted to try these things out. Right? Like, he doesn't really care who the party is. He's like, I just assumed you're here to steal my stuff like everyone else is, but I want to try these wands out on you, you know? So, and then he hears who they are, and he hears that they were sent to him, and oh, yeah, okay, well, you know, let's talk. Um, so the party is just about to enter uh, the Shrine of the Allfather, and um, now it's when I'm like, I start to think about, well, okay, like, you know, where the hell is this adventure actually going? And I've always kind of said, like, the overarching quest is find out why the Ordning happened, Or why the Ordning was shattered and then find out how it can be restored. Right. And from a Harper perspective, it's like (laughs) we want to restore the Ordning because giants are going to be a bunch of dicks otherwise. And and until the Ordning gets restored, um, you know, we're going to have to constantly deal with these, you know, warring factions of giants. It's funny. Um,
0: It's funny that you've taken away that that's what the story's about, because the adventure doesn't actually seem to deal with either of those things. Right. Isn't it? I thought that's the whole purpose. Like,
2: so this is, you know, I'm, I I could spend 15 minutes bitching about this adventure. <laughs> sure. You know, and, and, and it's worthy. I, you know, I was just today, I was kind of ranking the adventures with, with Michelle in my head. And she's had the same complaint. Like, I don't know what the hell we're doing here. And there definitely has been scenes where like they run into Klauth and, and Klauth's like, so what are you doing here? And they all kind of like look at each other. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> why, why did we, we travel all the way to, the the spine of the world to talk to this dragon? Now what?
0: But I mean, like, do you have a vision of what they're going to find out when they discover yeah, what caused the do. ordning? Because, yes. because so the, I, the adventure doesn't really...
2: Explain it does kind of but it's all over the place and it's right. not real clear. Uh they're, they're, they're in I believe this is in the adventure and if it's not I'm i think I'm going to double down on it which is I'm going to th- this group that I'm playing with played through Horde of the Dragon Queen and Rise of Tiamat. Mm-hmm. And the deal was Tiamat is going to is is you know on the edge of being able to take over the Sword Coast and the giants should have gotten involved and stopped that from happening and mm-hmm. they didn't. They sat back and did nothing. And that really pissed off the all father, mm-hmm. right? They're their god's like, what the hell? You know, like, we've been at war with the giants for, th- for the dragons for 30,000 years. You guys are supposed to stop this. And instead, a bunch of stupid humanoids did it. You know, like, mm-hmm. we're supposed to be the mightiest race, and instead, you guys are off, you know, doing your own crap. And, and uh, you know, Tiamat was literally in this plane and barely got pushed back by, by a bunch of quote-unquote heroes, right? So, screw you guys. I You know, it's time that you got, you, you, you know, it's time that things got sh- shaken up I'm breaking the ordaining and I'm going to see which of you survives. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, the interesting thing about that is that he still doesn't care about humanoids. So the the party's going to find out that's why the Allfather did it. But that doesn't mean it's a quest for them because they're like, wow, okay, well, now we know why the giants are being such pains in the asses. But, you know, them being pains in the asses and the goal of the Allfather is not necessarily our goal. Mm -hmm. Right. We, We don't, you know, we don't want that, you know, uh, uh, you know duke Zalto, the head of the fire giants to become the new head of the ordning because he built a giant dragon destroying machine you know that that's not helpful to the humanoid to the to the sword coast um so they're going to learn that they're going to learn that um that what the allfather is looking for is uh to see which of the giants is the strongest but they're going to get another clue too which is that and this is you know i'll, I'll kind of get into why this is the case that the Allfather had his giant children, right? But he actually had a half-giant child as well. I'm making all this up, by the way. He had a half-giant child as well named Thrum. And Throom, uh, you know, died a long time ago. And, and like, nobody really knows much about Thrum except he was a mortal hero. He was, you know, he was a humanoid, and he was a hero. And he was gifted three very powerful artifacts from his father. A, a belt, a set of bracers, and a hammer. Does this sound familiar to anybody, any, any <laughs> Norse mythology buffs out there? So, uh, so he had these things. They were gifts from the god of giants, and then he had many heroic adventures, and then he died, and these artifacts were lost. Uh, if somebody can recover these three artifacts, they'll get the attention of the Allfather, mm. you know, in probably a, 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 a positive way. Like, if somebody's able to recover these artifacts, no one else has done it. None of the giants have been able to do it. You know, so if 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 heroes are able to do it, then he might see something in them that reminds him of his lost son, and that might give them an edge to uh, restore the ordering. You know, they might they might be in a position to be able to to talk to the Allfather about how to restore the ordering. So that's one subquest. The other subquest is there's these pains in the ass giant lords out there screwing up things. The, fo- the, the Frost Giants are off on a wild goose chase looking for the Ring of Winter, and they're never going to find it. Uh, the Hill Giant's just going to eat herself to death, so you don't have to worry about her. So there's really only four Giants you have to worry about. Um, the uh, Cloud Giants, which are running around stealing dragon artifacts. Uh, the Fire Giants, who are rebuilding a giant war machine. Uh, the um, Stone Giants, and, and I'll get back to what's going on with the Stone Giants in a minute. And uh, the storm giants who have basically disappeared, right? And one thing that pisses off the All Father is that the storm giants used to be the head, but then they let deception and treachery come right into the court of the, of the storm giants and screw mm-hmm. everything up. The party's going to learn this too.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know, the party can get involved in deciding, do we want to go fix this storm giant thing or see what's going on there? Or do we want to stop these other giant lords? Or do we want to recover these artifacts and get the attention of the All Father? They have these
0: options available to them. But well, why does um, the, even if they get the attention of the old fa- father, why does he care about their plight?
2: Well, at that point, like I think, <laughs> if 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 we have a character and it might it's going to be hard for them to recover all these things, right? So if they get the hammer and the belt and the braces, which by the way are the, a belt of hill giants, or belt of giant strength, the braces of, of um, ogre power oh, wow. and a hammer of thunderbolts. Okay. Uh, if they get all these things, he'll be like, "Wow, you know, you mortals. Not only did you manage to beat Tiamat down, but you also got the artifacts that my children never did." You know, if you could take out, you know, three of the three of the giant lords, then you get to pick who the next giant lord is. You mm-hmm. get to decide the ordning, right? And then they've also got a bunch of giant friends now. They've got Harshnag and they've got the the mage and the you know a couple of others. And they can mm-hmm. say, we want to. Remember that stone giant gardener? We liked him a lot. We want him to be head in the ordning, right? and They're like, <laughs> okay, oh, hey! stone giant gardener, it is, right? So they, if they get all that stuff and they and they get that attention, and then the giant the giant says, go kill, you know. Get rid of Duke Zalto. Get rid of Countess Sansuri, and get rid of uh, the Dodkong and you'll have shown that you are worthy of deciding who the thing gets. Plus, so, he, so a- he's
0: going to name the three, or is he just going to be like, you know, take your pick, and I then they get to I sort think of name the three? Because I, okay. you know, the, the Frost
2: Giant, you know, I think the Frost <clears throat> Giant is, is, you know, I don't really care about, and the Hill Giant one is stupid. <laughs> um, and storm giant thing it's like maybe they get involved in that maybe not maybe they get involved in that and rescue the storm giant guy and then they he'll become a friend of theirs and they can decide if they want to make it him
0: uh, or well, certainly there's an people. advantage in, in, in maintaining the status quo given that storm giants are the only ones right. that, that, that aren't right. out to slaughter everybody
2: yeah right so maybe they they're, they're, and right and that's kind of the choice the party can make right now the other thing is they we have a brand new player to that group who is playing a uh, goliath hmm. so what if it's her, <laughs> right? She could become the new head. So that, those are all kind of options that are out there. But I, basically what I, so, so they're going to learn a lot of these facts when they talk to the Oracle. They're going to learn about the lost child of the, of the All-Father. They're going to learn about the, the you know, um, that why the Ordning happened. Uh, they're going to learn that, you know, basically right now, the All-Father says, I just want to see who wins. And then when they go back and talk to Harsh, or talk to, yeah, Harshnag and Clouth, and uh, Erlanthar, who's their Harper agent, mm. they're gonna say like, "Hey, even though the All Father wants that, that we don't want that. So maybe we need to go after these guys." What do you think? You know. And by the way, the, the one variable that's out there that's that even the All Father's not happy about is the Dodekong, who's this stone giant lich, and he is outside of the ordning completely. He does mm-hmm. not worship the All Father at all. He worships Orcus. So you know, what are you gonna do about that guy, right? And and the the party may say, "Okay, yeah." We need to go into the Underdark, find the Doddkong and, and destroy him and destroy his evil creation that he's got. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of options and I'm not trying to make it like a narrow quest line. I'm trying to make it sort of, uh, you know, the, the party gets a bunch of information and then they get to decide how they want to do it. Mm-hmm. I think that the main quest is, you know, restore the ordning and then how they do that is sort of up to them. And there's a few different options for them to do that. Um but yeah, you know, the, the adventure is kind of a mess, and you're right. Yeah. Like,
0: I like all know, that like, stuff. That 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 would be great in the story. You should like write that up and sell it so that I can yeah, run I'll that adventure.
2: Art, I'll do articles on Flourish. Um <laughs> I mean, the Dodekong thing is a, is sort of the the big one. The rest of this is is relatively you know kind of easy to set up. Maybe the through quest to go get it. Ah, so here's the question I have for you guys: uh, the hammer. So with with Yawning Portal coming out, uh, I'm going to make the hammer uh, replace Whelm in. Um uh, uh uh White Plume Mountain. Yeah. So they have to go into White Plume Mountain, they have to get it. And the funny bit of there is Klaus is the one who put it there, and he just wants to watch the players go through White Plume Mountain. Because <laughs> he just you wanna know, like <laughs> right? It's like, hey, yeah, I know where it is, it's in here. Oh by the way, what'd you think of my dungeon? Did you yeah. like that? You like <laughs> floating you like the shit? right? So he'll just be a jerk. And then um, the belt I'm going to put in Darkhold, which is a Zinterim. My, my, I was talking to Michelle today, and she said, you know, we dealt with the Zinterim. It'd really be fun to kind of screw with them some more. Well, the Zinterim have a big base called Darkhold. Mm-hmm. And in, Darkhold used to be a, hill, a, a big giant fortress 30,000 years ago. So the idea that in there, the Zinterim are holding uh, the, a belt of, you know, X giant strength. I don't know mm-hmm. which one. You know, and they can go in and get it you know. But then where do I put the bracers? What would be a cool where's a cool location where I can send the party to go get these, you know, Thor-like bracers?
0: Hmm. What if, if they were what if they were already found? Like what it's if like, so what if what if they were, you know, speaking of of tales from the yawning portal, what if they were just like sitting up above the, the, the you know, the back mantle or whatever as a trophy and nobody realized just what they were. They're just, hey, cool Gauntlets of Ogre Strength, you know, something from Mert's from old adventuring days or whatever because Mert the Moneylender mm-hmm. used to run the Yawning Portal. Sure. Um, you know, so it could just be the thing and then they just have to, you know, they can be a little urban thing and they show up and, and there's a little, you know, hey, what can we do to get those? You know, and then, mm-hmm. they, then they either run a, a, a you know, some sort of caper where they got to steal from the yaw- the famous yawning portal, or you know, do some tasks for the 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 owner or whatever.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a good idea. Sam, what do you got? Anything? I liked that idea. That's something yeah. I would do in my game, yes, where it's I'd right win. in front of their face <laughs> the whole yeah, time. It's sitting right there. You know, yeah. sitting right there, and yeah, nobody really yeah. noticed it. You know, mm-hmm.
2: nobody ever paid attention to it. Oh, I just I've I've just worn these things all the time. It's great for. Yeah. You know, great for hauling tasks of mead. Yeah, oh, I, I'd
1: probably, I'd send my, my players on a wild goose chase, goose chase first, and they would finally get the information they needed to know about where to find the actual location of these things, and it would point them right back to the tavern that they started at.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of like that idea. Like, they show up, with, like, okay. they find out that, that, oh, so-and-so at the Yawning Portal used to used to have a pair of those. You should go talk to him. Maybe he knows where it is. Yeah. And then you, you go, go talk to him, and him. he's like, oh, yeah, they're over here. They send him after, you know, his, his competitors or in his enemies or whatever. And then they right. finally come back having Completely the task. Hey, we didn't see it there. Oh, yeah, they're right over there. You can go pick them up. It's fine. <laughs> it'd be pretty funny if they actually already had them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They, they, no they, you know,
2: they got some. I wonder if any of them. I don't think any of them got any magic bracers at any point, but it'd be pretty funny if those turned out to be those. They just were kind of hidden.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then, you know, with the right casting, all of a sudden they become bracers of overpower. You just
0: had to know the key, the, the, the activation word or something.
2: Yeah, right. Some, some you know, giant word that, that reveals their true their true their true nature yeah i guess yeah the idea that they don't have to go climbing through a dungeon for it like the the, the fact that they have to go break into darkhold to get the belt is going to be a little bit of a caper already because it's not really a dungeon you know it's a it's an occupied fortress right. by this interim um but it's still an infiltration into yeah a, a it's enemy, still you know.
0: much more direct
2: right they know it's there they know it's in there i have a, i have a little fun bit that i'm thinking that uh the guy who tells them how to break in is one of the clones of Manchun. Oh. <laughs> you know i thought that'd be kind of fun he's like this crazy old guy and he's like oh yeah there's a secret tunnel in the back and it'll lead you into this really dark mm-hmm. laboratory by the way i want you to steal something from me there's a mask you have to give me this mask
0: it could be the real man, uh, the, the the original Manshun. he's still around uh in it- an official canon um i don't know yeah. that there's anything official about the clones maybe they've been destroyed but uh original Manshun has become a vampire and, and survived all this time oh that'd be interesting mm-hmm. yeah
2: yeah. Okay. So, so something, some other storyline. Yeah, just
0: to mix it up a little bit.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, what I'm what I'm trying to think of is like what would be an interesting way to tie it to the plot of of the characters. You know, like what character background could tie into. You know, so we have one character who used to run an artifact shop in Waterdeep. Mm-hmm. So it might be fun to kind of have her go back to that shop and discover mm-hmm. that she had them, or she she had them and then sold them, or something like that. Yeah you know, long ago, and she's <laughs> like, oh, my God, I gotta find that person I sold it to and go buy back.
0: Or maybe their friend Harshnag has been wearing them this whole time. Yeah, well, what is Harshnag He's need gauntlets of ogre. Power? Right, exactly, because
1: he doesn't need them. <laughs> I, I thought
3: they looked cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> maybe okay. the glutton ate whoever had them and just threw them in a pile.
2: Right, yeah, they have to go through the hill giant yeah, in order setting to them. find the gauntlet. Mm-hmm.
1: I really don't like the Hill
2: Giant one. So my group is going through the Hill Giant place right now. And just, you know, the idea of this the Zen you know, group? giant. Cavity. What's that? The Zen group or the Harper group? The Zen group is going oh. through the Hill Giant one. So they're going to find it out. It's just that one never really excited me. It's just, I don't know. So are you are scene. you
0: incorporating all of these ideas into both groups? No, I, I don't
2: just know the what group? the hell I'm going to do with this interim group. Um, I'm just going to, you know, I'm playing, you know me. I don't I don't tend to plan things out to a far degree. So I'll just kind of see how things go after they do the hill giant place and, and You're see such where a they lazy end dungeon up. Dungeon
0: master. Now. Well, you know,
2: why, why bother? <laughs> like they're just going to go, they're going to go whatever direction they go anyway. So, you know, if I'll, I'll come up with all sorts of zany ideas and then they'll, they'll, they'll just ruin them. Stupid <laughs> players. Um, yeah, so I don't know, but they're going to do the hill giant one. Then I'll figure out where they're going next. Cause I think actually I'm going to have them. Oh, I know what I'm going to have them do. And I know I'm over, so I'll be real quick. Uh, Their goal is to find uh, how to start getting around the Sword Coast faster. And their options will be uh, reactivating old uh, Red Wizard portals that were put in place a few years ago and then abandoned, Um, steal the Harper portals that are around there, or make an alliance with ex members or with with members of the Cult of the Dragon in order to get an airship.
0: The airship, yeah. Because that's actually in the adventure, right?
2: It is, yeah. And I mean, the idea that the Zinterim are going to work with old Cult of the Dragon people to, to have a, an airship sounds like a kind of fun option. So I'll kind of lay all those out, and then they get decide how do they want to move. How do they want to move fast? But the Zinterim are basically going to, you know, their their goal is to be able to get around the Sword Coast quickly once they uh, once they get rid of the hill giant. Cool. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm going to run it. I don't know how I'm going to run that one. Well,
0: <laughs> well theirs mm-hmm. is, I mean, they're trying to set up, I mean, they're trying to set up their network, right? And and the instability of the giants is is a hindrance to that. So if they can make well, an alliance it, within the giants and, and yeah, exactly. reestablish be the, be like, the ordning. Which giant group do you want
2: to win? And then how can you get that group to win and make sure that the Zins have an alliance with that giant lord? So when it mm-hmm. becomes a new head you know, they're rich. Right. You know, that, that's kind of the fun
0: part, I think. Mm-hmm.
2: So
0: that's cool. my game. Thank you. Awesome. For I look forward to hearing how it goes. Uh, now we're going to stop real quick and take a break to mention our sponsor, Noble Knight Games over at nobleknight.com. They've been supporting the show for a long time uh, and you should support them and say thanks. Uh, my pick for this episode is, is the Monsters and Heroes of the Realms coloring book. It is an official D&D licensed coloring book by Candlewick Press. Uh, and it's, uh, I, I picked it up myself thinking maybe I would share this thing with my, with my kids or whatever. Uh, and it is a fairly complex, it's more along the lines of the, the adult coloring books that are popular these days, right? It's really detailed and complex. I think Mike, you picked it up too. I did. Well, I got a review copy for full disclosure.
2: Um, but yeah, it it is, you know, my, my wife has been into some of the adult uh, coloring books. We saw them when we were on vacation in Cape Cod. And she, um, she, we got this one, and it's very cool. It's got very iconic D and D monsters in it, your beholders and mind flayers and things. And uh, but but yeah, really detailed, really cool looking book. I, I I liked it a lot.
0: Yeah, I know I know Tracy Hurley, a regular host of the of Tom Show shows, uh, has been been coloring in hers. I think Sam, you saw hers.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a nice <laughs> product. Very nice product. But uh, I just i'm not a, a coloring a color person, your, color so yourself I, there you go i'm not, I'm not a colorer. Uh, but if I was I would definitely buy it because it's really well done there you uh go. It, it it's not um it's you know i I kind of thought oh a coloring book okay that's interesting but you know it's it's some major massive art in there mm-hmm. that they've turned into line art to to let you color in the you know areas it's it's really nicely done and available at noble knight for a couple bucks off so uh, you should check it out and head over to noblenight.com
0: and tell them that the tome show sent you hello
3: i'm rpg podcasting celebrity james Chicasso. as you know my life is awesome my gaming collection is filled with out of print goodies no one else can seem to get their hands on i have plenty of free time to record podcasts write blog posts play games and hunt the most dangerous game. I have tons of extra cash, which is evident in my caviar-filled swimming pool for the guest house of my third home in the Swiss Alps. And my mother is proud of me because I managed to do all this while supporting small businesses. My secret? NobleKnight.com A brick-and-mortar game store that has a great online presence. So I feel good shopping there, but I can buy anything, anytime, just by walking to my computer. I don't even need to put on my gold-plated pants. At Noble Knight, they have new and out-of-print products at a discounted price to give me more cash for reckless celebrity activities like bear shaving. And, Noble Knight will buy back the old products I'm not using anymore which funds my tiger shaving. So, if you want more money, more free time, a better game collection, and a better you, check out noblenight.com, where Out of Print is available again. And tell them Big Jimmy from the Tome Show sent you.
0: So, we are going to talk to Sam now. Sam, how's your game going? Yes, sir.
1: Well... Um... (laughs) Overwhelming. It's... it's it's not started yet. It's going to start this Sunday, so Ooh. in about uh, four days. I have a new group. I'm going to start running fifth edition for. Um, so how did, how I have you, a question. How
0: did, you, how did you find the group first of all, so people can
1: get an idea of how to do that? Meetup.com.
0: Oh yeah, just just randomly put up on Meetup and found them a bit through there.
1: Well, there's a there's a couple of uh, different groups in my area that cover uh, different geographic areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was already a member of both of those. That I I joined them when I first moved to this area, and uh, I subsequently found uh, my last group through a different a different uh, resource. But um, yeah, so i I used them before as well uh, mm-hmm. at other times in my life. So it's pretty good. Um, it's kind of hit and miss, just like anything else, mm-hmm. but uh, hopefully it's going to work out this time. Yeah, no, so. I found I found my first
0: group when I moved to, to Raleigh. Um, I found my first group through meetup.com, mm-hmm. and and I would say, what, there's still two, three of us left from that original group? Like, it was a group of, you know, six or seven of us, uh, but then there's only three of us left, but... Uh, but you know, you, then you get to know some people, and then they bring in other people, and so the group right. sort of evolves and yeah. morphs from there. So,
1: yep, exactly. So, so, uh, so I have that group now, and um, and I'm I'm uh, actually today is a big snow day because it's, uh, it's 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 big storm uh, here on the east coast, and uh, so I actually had the day off, and I decided, you know what, I'm going to spend a couple hours prepping for my game, uh, and so here's the question that I want to ask you. I want to ask you, as a player, when you're about to start a new game, what do you want the GM to hand you about the setting? How much information do you want, and what kind of information do you want? Oh, I know. Can I answer? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I and I'm, really, I'm going to type as you answer. So uh, I really like the 10
2: things about this campaign list. Hmm. Um, I know, like Eberron, the old old source books used to do this. I haven't seen it so much. That was, recently. A, that was
0: a big fourth edition thing. When they, it's I a big fourth edition campaign. thing, where it's yeah. like
2: you buy you buy your two hundred and sixty page source book, and the first page says, "Here's the eight important things you need to know about Eberron," and and I I would love to have that for any campaign, and I would love that the general theme of the world doesn't deviate too much from what those eight things are because i've got three million fantasy worlds in my head and i don't need a you know three million and one that i've got to you know constantly work real hard to figure out it's just it's a it's a it's a laziness on my part but i don't think that's inconsistent with a lot of players
1: yeah and and i think can you you before I let Jeff yeah. go on, can you just give me an example of three of those? I mean, I have the book, so I know, but just for our audience's sake.
2: Um, yeah, so let's say you, you know, I'll go back to Storm King's Thunder since it's on my mind, right? And it's it's, you know, if you're going to run a Storm King's Thunder campaign, and you know it's going to be like a year-long campaign, you'd say something like you know, uh, I don't know. So, so I'll make the assumption that they know something about the Sword Coast, but you're like you're going to be playing on the Sword Coast um, giants have been attacking numerous villages around the area. Um, the har you know the Harpers are you know on the assumption it's a Harper based campaign. The, you know the Harpers are are seeking adventurers and recruits to help maintain the order. It's been four years since Tiamat was driven from uh, the prime. Okay, plane. wait,
1: wait, wait. But oh. that's that's campaign. I want to yeah. know about setting. I don't know what that is. I'm not doing it in a published setting. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, so. well, and so, so this is actually what, what I was going to speak to. Virginia setting in a campaign. Well, yeah. and the, the difference is that a campaign is is the collection, the story that you're telling. and The setting is the place that the story is taking place in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I I guess here's my thought. It was building off of what uh, Mike was saying is that I think I would build both into into my my list of things that you should know. Right. Um, okay. I don't. I, as a player, I don't know that I need to know a ton about the world, but if there's something unique or important about the world or, or there's a theme about the setting that I should understand, you know, like Eberron is the uh, you know, the great war just happened and, and now it's over and we're settling into an uneas- uneasy peace. You know? um, that's a mm-hmm. setting thing that, that affects the theme of how the game works and how I play my character. Um, so, so that's kind of stuff I might want to know. But other than that, I think understanding the concept of the campaign is just as important and including both of those things on your, you know, top 10 list, I think would be useful.
2: Yeah, I guess that's what I was kind of getting at is as a player, I'm not really going to get much difference between. Now, if you're if you're designing a completely unique world where like magic is all done by devouring souls from children, you know, (laughs) that would be an important point. That'd be important bullet point on your list. But on the assumption that you're you're working off of some kind of traditional fantasy world, um, then then, you know, I think I would mix the two, you know, so if you've got if you've got unique aspects of the game world, that's that's different. And it, and I don't think it's wrong to say, like, you know, this is going to be a, a Norse mythology based setting, right. you know, and, you, you know, so that people can go, oh, OK, I got it Thor and and Winterlands and, and lots of, you know, snow.
0: Well, and and because what what this kind of a document is doing, or, or you know what these bullet points are doing, is is you're establishing the 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 social contract of the game, right? You're saying this is the the theme, and this these are the 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 kinds of things I want to explore in the stories. And, you know, are you on board with that? Because because this is where I'm thinking to go.
2: Yeah, and actually that's that's a good idea. That like rather than make it hard and then say here it is and we're done, kind of having the conversation with players about is this the kind of campaign they want to play in. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. could, be, could be important. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I go back to when, when Newbie DM and I, you know, when Enrique were, and I were talking on DM's deep dive, and, and he brought up something that I just thought was so, so critical and so sad at the same time, but very, <laughs> very true, which is players don't give a shit about your giant fantasy world. Mm-hmm. They care about what they're doing in the town that they're in right now.
1: Right. But that's that's actually why I'm asking the question mm -hmm, is if if you're walking into a game and you don't know anybody at the table Mm -hmm. and the GM is going to hand you like a two page thing that says that's going to tell you about this game that they're going to run. Right. What do you want it to say? Yeah, so what's I just, the, I just want the that. integral information.
0: So I want that top ten list so I know what, the, what sort of the themes are going to be of the campaign. And so I know what kind of character I want to make and, and how I want to play them. And beyond that, like I want to do the – I probably want to start small and, and explore from there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, right? After that, I want to know what's the, what town am I in? What are we doing there? Mm-hmm. And we'll learn the rest of the details about the world as we go. I mean, unless somebody really wants to know more, and you've got it ready to go, then you can explain it to them. But I don't know that they need they need that in a primer handed to them. Yeah. the
2: the, the yeah, another yeah. another piece which I think can tie into this, and I've seen other campaigns do it is what are what here here are ten example, and I I think the five E stuff has done this a little bit more. What are ten uh, background examples that I might grab and immediately associate to my character? Oh, you know, that's like. A good one. Ten example backgrounds, and it could be like, you know, your sister got lost in the old realms of, you know, the barony of the west, and you haven't seen her since,
0: mm-hmm. you know.
2: And I go, oh, I want that one, you know, like, like the customized <laughs> bond
0: flaws and, and traits and, and ideals and that kind of stuff that that yeah. like they did for TMA, yeah. right?
2: Yeah, yeah, and it just it gives me an immediate hook for my character now. I'm cheating a little bit because as a DM I want players to use that and sometimes they come mm. and they go I've got my seafaring swashbuckler who's been on the high seas fighting mermen and you're like yeah you're in Eberron mm-hmm.
0: or you're in Dark Sun
2: yeah you know or and we're doing like, this oh, Norse what game
0: about my sea guy? what's that mm. or we're doing this Norse game on the tundra
2: Yeah, right. We're out in the tundra, but I'm a seafaring, you know. And so the problem is, I've I've seen a lot of players who come to the table with a character completely fleshed out and ready to go, with no understanding at all what the game world is. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that is an
1: answer. Yeah, we're going to spend the first part, half of the first session. Yeah, talking about what kind of game we want. So so you're just just you're doing a
0: a session zero. Let's build the world and make our characters exactly.
1: And and I want to start them out. I mean, I have I have the map of where the region they're going to start in the world Mm -hmm. and. And I have, like, you know, my little chintzy, you know, here's two pages about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's a good idea. I can do some Bon Flan trait uh, things and some background stuff.
0: Well, um, and, yeah. and so, you, know, you know what I did with my current campaign, and I know it's my, not my turn yet, but um, is that I started with a lot of questions. And I, I, I gave them a map, mm-hmm. and I said, okay, point to where on the map you want to start. Okay, there's that chain of islands. Now tell me about it. What's the government like? And I let them sort of build out the world, uh, but that way they took some ownership of what was going on. And and then I'm like, okay, so so give me give me the big bad. What's the threat? Okay, Mm -hmm. what's a potential ally that you might seek out? You know, I asked them a bunch of those kinds of questions, but I also Mm -hmm. knew what the adventures I was going to tie in. And so I asked some pointed, okay, so. You've heard of this guy. How do you know him? Or here's a list of five guys. Which two do you know and how? You know, that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Uh, And so there was a lot of world building that they did. So by the time we'd done that in session zero, I didn't have to introduce them to the world because they introduced it to me. I just sort of took their ideas and and melded them together and said, okay, here's how I put all all those pieces together. Here's the world, you know. And now the rest of the world, they have no idea. Uh, I did a very uh, points of light sort of thing, you know. And so, you know, you don't know what's out there in the rest of the world. And they're kind of discovering it. They're starting to discover it now. They've left their their home nation for the first time, um, you know, in the whole campaign recently. So they're starting to discover the larger world.
1: Okay. So I don't know if that's helpful to you at
0: all because you might have a whole setting already ready to go.
1: Well, I mean, I'm just using my homebrew setting. But I I generally, you know, I want the players to feel some ownership. So I always let them determine lots of things, you know, and I I kind of do a – it's part of the cooperative party building thing that I do. I, I ask them questions about their relationships with each other. Yeah. And then I ask them about, you know, well, how did you get to the place where you are right now? How did you get mm-hmm. to this town? And why did you go there? And, and you know, what was, the, you know, a thing that bonded you to these other these other players, mm-hmm. these other characters, you know? And, and I have them, you know, I, I sort of try to integrate the environment they're in with that. But I haven't actually done the, you know, who's a potential ally, who's a threat. Uh, like that. Mm-hmm. So that's a, that's a good thing I could do. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Any other questions? Was, you still I, got three and a half minutes. I, well, I I always just um you know walking into a, a sort of fresh group and and I have a homebrew world that has a history, but you know them as characters, their their characters don't know all the history of the world. So it's sort of like that's kind of why I was asking. You know. What is it that you absolutely have to know about this setting that somebody mm. who grew up in this setting would probably know? Like is there are there like the four things that everybody would know? Mm-hmm. You know, and Well and it's not
0: that much different than like when I when I throw my when I decide to run a game and we're in the Forgotten Realms, right? Well, I, I obviously can't introduce them to the entirety of what the realms is. It's just too much right. history and too much lore and, and too big and whatever. So so we pick our region. Okay, well, we're going to play in Mulhorand. Let me give you sort of the bullet points of what Mulhorand is all about. Maybe give you some background options like Mike said. Um, you know, and, and then you know, it's it's going to be kind of a, an Egyptian-themed thing going on, but it's in this fantasy world that's kind of tucked away in the corner and everybody else doesn't really deal with them and, you know, um, you know, I, so I give them those kind of bullet points and then let them explore the rest of the world from there. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool.
0: All right.
2: Well, I, have a, I have a question yeah. for you. Sure. Uh, did you go through any sort of like interviewee kind of process to find your players or did you just say, come on over?
1: Um, we, we sort of, uh, so I actually responded to a thread that someone else posted on Meetup, and then we started exchanging emails and just talking about how much experience do you have, you know, what kind of games do you like to play, and you know, uh, is there something that you've, you know, that you've some kind of style that you've never gotten to play that you'd really like, or some style that you did play once before and learned that you didn't like, and let me know, and that way I can make sure that I don't accidentally do that thing and. Mm-hmm you know uh that kind of stuff so so sort of an interview sort of not um, mm-hmm. which is part of the reason why we're having you know the first session is is at a neutral place and and will be mostly you know character generation and just discussing you know what kind of game they want and where they you know where are they add and that kind of th- stuff mm-hmm. so i that's part of why i interrupted you at the beginning mike about the campaign cuz i don't know what the campaign is going to be because I I want to do this sort of character building mm-hmm. with them and figure out what kind of game they want, so I can't I can't put those things into, into the little guide that I want to give them. But I do want to give them something as a sort of an anchor at the beginning, like here's your map, and here's the basics of this world, to, to mm-hmm. inspire and I,
0: their character creation, all that. Right. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That true. makes sense. I think yeah. a, a five to ten point. Like here's the important things that that's unique about this setting. Uh, is probably worth doing.
1: Yeah, and then you could okay. add,
0: you know, you could fill in the 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 rest to get it up to an even, you know, ten or twelve. Uh, once you know what mm-hmm. the campaign is going to be about, yeah, for the, for the next session. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, that's good. Well, hopefully, next time we record, uh, you know, we're on a roll this year. We've done a January and February. Now we're doing a March. And when we do the April episode, I'll have a lot to report. Sweet, <laughs> cool. <laughs>
0: All right, for 13 seconds left if you want to say anything else.
1: Play lots of games, have fun.
0: Play lots of games and have fun. All right, <laughs> I'll stop the timer then. And, and before we move on to my turn, I want to thank our patrons. They've gone over to patreon.com slash show and they've decided to support the show. So I want to say thanks to uh, Doug Palmer, Mark, uh, and new supporter Josh Beckelheimer and I'm sorry if I said that wrong but uh thank you to the to you guys for supporting as well as all the other people who have supported us in the past as well and continue to support. So there you go. Shout out to them. Now it's my turn. So, um I'm doing my uh, just recap. I'm I've got Post Apocalyptic Fantasy Earth um, mashing up some homebrew stuff and Out of the Abyss and Princes of the Apocalypse and the Rod of Seven Parts. Um, we have moved into a phase that is really focused on Out of the Abyss because I can't think of a really strong way to have them go wandering through the Underdark and then also interacting with things going on in other parts of the world. Because, um, you know... Rot, pieces of the Rod of Seven parts of their next inline to find are not in the Underdark. Uh, and the Prince of the Apocalypse th- story is, kind of takes place in a single location, so, and they're not in that location. So we're kind of in the, in the uh, a big out of the abyss phase at the moment. Um, they are they, – the council has happened at Gontlegrim. They have uh, gathered up their resources. They've, they've recruited all of the people. Um, they And they've – the last session, which was a week and a half ago, they uh, wandered into the Underdark to – to heading towards Mantle Dareth uh, so that they can figure out how the heck to get to Graven Hollow because – Graven Hollow was this great stone giant library where all information could be found, including like, hey, what the heck is going on with these demon lords running around in the Underdark, and how do we get rid of them? Right, that's sort of the their goal. Uh, so, the last session though, we played for six hours, and the entire thing was just travel from Gontlegrim <laughs> to um, to Dareth, because the book describes it as like. A month long journey. And so I wanted it to make it a decently long journey. Um, but I, and I shortened it a little bit to like 20 days instead of, you know, 30, 40, whatever days, just because like a full session, uh, a full six hour session of what was literally rolling on the random encounter chart gets a little tiresome. <laughs> Right, I mean, I pre and I sort of set it up on a big grid. I filled a sheet of paper. I filled up a big grid, and I and I pre rolled everything, so I kind of knew what was coming up, and I could re- rearrange some things in order to to integrate some story into it as well. And, and so it wasn't just completely random encounters. That each encounter served a purpose to highlight like the madness that's going on in the Underdark, and as people go crazy, or people just randomly disappear, or you know they run into uh, a member of the Society of Brilliance. Do you remember them, Mike? Is Mike I don't still think there? I, okay. I'm still
2: here. Can you hear me? Yeah. I had it on mute, sorry. No, you're fine. Uh that is that all the second half?
0: No, so the Society of Brilliance is this weird like uh academic underdark organization and on the random encounter tables like there's a chance that you just run into one of them.
2: Huh. Okay, just, yeah, just, I never just just out doing
0: research. Up. So they've run into like three member well, they've run into the Society of Brilliance three times, but twice it's been the same person. Hmm. Uh, and so, so they're like getting to, there's These weird academics always out running around studying the Faerzrest, and we keep bumping into them, you know. And and every time they do, they're like, "Hey, you found out any more about the demon lords? Let me. T- we'll share what we found, and you, and you share. what You know, it's a big exchange of information. Time, and it gives me a, a, an opportunity to organically sort of do an info dump. Oh yeah, Orcus is running around doing stuff too, and and somebody heard about Grass do, doing a thing or whatever. Uh, and so that so but they they i mean it was literally the entire session was just random encounters it started with them organizing and preparing the trip and making sure they had enough food to feed them feed everybody because they've got the sort of the small army with them now uh you know and and that's sort of a thing that the book sort of encourages that you do and and, you know to highlight just how dangerous traveling through the Underdark is and and doing it with a large retinue is is a whole different challenge and so there was a lot of math and figuring out, OK, well, how much food can we afford and how do we carry it all? And, you know, how many how many riding lizards do we have and what can it carry? And, and uh, you know, how much can we forage for each day and whatever? And then the session ended with and you arrived at Mantle Dareth. All right. Mm-hmm. See you next time. You know, <laughs> So it was literally <laughs> just a whole session of plan out your trip to the Underdark and then random encounters all the way there. Yeah. Uh, which,
2: did, which, did, was, did you feel they were exciting enough?
0: I mean, it was fine, but I don't think I want to do that very often because yeah. that would get old real fast. And so I need to find ways to uh, – I'm either – so there are elements of they've got this large army with them. And while, they, while I can trust that they're going to walk through as a party, they're going to walk through any encounters they have, um, You know, this retinue of people they brought with them from Gontalgrim are a resource to, to some degree, right? Uh, and – so I f- kind of feel like like I need to have the encounters that aren't particularly challenging challenging to them because it could actually drain you know it could kill some of those people All right uh, and and that's important to keep track of um so yeah it's 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 tricky because like I don't want to keep doing it very often um, every now and then is fine and its and it served its purpose this time, and that's fine, um, but I don't want to keep doing that because that's, that's going to get tiresome real fast, I think
1: <laughs> so yeah. And uh, your your players will probably feel that way as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I don't know that they were expecting it this time, but it all kind of kept going, and I kept interjecting enough storyline, and there's like, you know, one of the random encounters is you find, uh, a, a, I don't even remember what they call it, but it's a massive, like, boneyard, right? Uh, and so it's just full of, full of skeletons and whatever, and it's supposed to be one of the terrain encounters, but there's a, a random chance that there's actually some animated skeletons that stand up and you have to fight, and, what, and it turns into a combat encounter. Uh, and so i I threw in some some extra storyline bits there and I changed the boneyard into um, a massive pile of um, or a chamber full of dead bodies of these insectoid hive creatures I don't know if you remember them mm. uh, and Mm-mm. so so th- there's that was the the big the big ch- uh, threat that they chose when they helped create the world was that there's this whole uh, South America is basically overrun with this massive um, Land of of um, hive mind insectoid creatures, and I just use the Thrycreen stats uh, for most of them, uh, and they they travel in like giant mobile like hollow centipede like creatures, you know, and they they come out of the scales on the side of it, and they they float on the water, and uh, so everything is sort of this organic hive thing, and and. What they don't know is that these creatures aren't actually bad. They've never actually been trying to kill you, but they're creatures of order and they sense this thing at the center of their homeland, which is a source of chaos, and they're just trying to get to that to, to, to destroy the chaos because they're right. you know, creatures of order, but there's no way for them to, to communicate because they're a hive mind uh, people and so there's no, you know, they're alien enough that there's just no way for them to talk and realize what's going on. So anyway, they found this massive – instead of a boneyard, I just turned it into this giant pile of those. Oh, they must be running around the Underdark, again, searching out sources of chaos and demon lords you you would think would attract that kind of thing. Uh, And so uh, I had just – I had that full of, you know, and the idea being that some demons were rampaging and and just tore a bunch of these things to shreds. And then just to throw a real twist in it, um, I made one – I made there be one body of a a gear forged – uh, and I don't know if you remember the the story. We have one character who is who plays a gear forge. Who is a it, it's a an old Japanese robot. Is is the way he plays him? Right, right. So he's the old Japanese robot. We're using the gear forge stats, and and the idea was that he's been active, but his memory is damaged. So he not you know. So he's been active for who knows how long, but his memory is damaged. He can only remember like the last five to ten years at any given time. <clears throat> uh, so he's constantly losing his memory as he goes as well. Uh, but it turns out they discovered that that the military organization they work for has this whole warehouse full of these things. They just haven't been able to figure out for all this time how to activate them. And the party recently figured out how to activate them. Uh, and so I'm like, well, I'm going to throw one of these gear forged in the middle of this this boneyard full of, of insectoid creatures and let, let him just really noodle on, wait a minute, what the heck is this thing doing here and what happened? Right? Give them them a mystery in the middle of the Underdark to tie in. See, I I always – every session I try to tie in the other storylines even if they're not actively going on. So they just – just so they don't forget that they're happening. You know, they're out there. So this is my way of doing some of that. I I tied in these other homebrew storylines of the insectoids and and the gear forge and all of that. And I have some ideas about what's going on with that and and I think it's pretty seriously bothering um, that character. So – because – what, what he discovered was the thing that powers them is a soul gem. That's like the heart and the power source of these gear forged. Uh, but you can only create one with a willing soul. Hmm. And so then he has to rack his you know brain of, wait a minute. So I have somebody's soul in me and who is it and what happened and what's going on? Right. And, I'm not okay with them trying to make a whole army of these things because how many people have to die and give up their soul to make that happen? And he's trying to sort of deal with all of that. So that's sort of where that where that's at. And I'm trying to figure out now how do I get him to Graven Hollow without it being a, just a another session of, of randomly slogging through the Underdark and, and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an interesting
2: problem. A lot of a lot of these adventures, Storm King's, is the same way. And, and I remember that that Out of the Abyss was 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 had a lot of that. Of you know how and 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 you know we had the whole original, um, uh, horde of the dragon queen had like a thousand mile journey.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How do you make that interesting? And and the thing I've been doing recently, uh, and I don't know, if, you know, we'll see how well it works, is mixing up the idea of, you, yeah, hey, you tell me. Here's the situation. Here's what you're going through. Tell me an interesting thing that happens along the way, and then someone else tell me how you how you got through it, mm-hmm. right? So, so kind of pushing so that there's at least a memorable situation between the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one is, is sort of designing. And I think Out of the Abyss had one of the better random encounter tables mm-hmm. because it did have that fantastic terrain feature. Yeah. Um, I don't know that you need, like, I don't know that I need more than one of those per journey. Like, even if it's a long journey, you might say you travel for almost three weeks, you know, relatively uneventful, you know, and then
0: one day you come to this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, And what you may not know, because you didn't do the second half of that adventure, right? Right. So the second half, you, you go back and you use the same random encounter tables, but then there's this thing where every other day, another weird thing happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and it's stuff that's going on because of the presence of the demon lords and the, the madness that's happening or whatever. And it's stuff like, you know, the food, you know, a, a week's worth of food goes bad. You know, so mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's just full of, it's full of, uh, you know, uh, maggots or whatever. Uh, or, um, you know, D6 people in your, in your retinue suddenly just go crazy. Like, they've, they they've developed some form of madness. Right. Um, you know, uh, or, you know, there, there's one where it's just like, uh, in fact, this happened literally right before they got to Mantel Dareth. Um, they were having a conversation with, you know, as they were walking along through the tunnels with two members of the retinue, and they turned their head and all of a sudden they're just gone. Know just two people just randomly disappeared. Bam, gone. There's no way to find them. There's no way to find out what happened to them. That's just a thing that happened because the Underdark is crazy right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and so all of that stuff like puts these weird wrinkles and things too that makes it uh, more dynamic and interesting and connected to the story. So it's interesting, but yeah, and, and so I, I like playing up like things are crazy. Right. I just don't want to keep doing it forever. I don't want. I don't want whole sessions, and you know, I don't want half, yeah. of, half of the campaign to just be them walking around in the Underdark, running into things.
2: Right, right, right. So, what do you, what do you think, uh, uh, Sam?
1: Um, I think it's an interesting problem, you know, and I, I was thinking actually about like adventure design and, and how, you know, one of the ways that, um, that I think they've sort of brought, when I say they, I mean Watsy has sort of tried to bring back the kind of old school kind of game is mm-hmm. by putting a lot more travel in the actual scenarios mm-hmm. and it makes it feel like there's more story there you know one of the big complaints about fourth edition was it's just fight move over here fight move over here mm-hmm. fight move over here and there wasn't enough story in between uh and when they started adding a little bit of travel to those adventures uh you know in the final couple of years of fourth edition when they did like gardmore abbey and they did the reavers of harkenwald and mm-hmm. all that those had travel Sort of built into the, the 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 design of the adventure itself, and I think they sort of carried that through to fifth edition and tried to make that part of what you do when you're when you're gaming is you're traveling. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of ways to make travel really exciting. Hmm. <laughs> um, f- overall, I mean, you know, as you said, having a, a session once in a while where you're traveling a lot and maybe there's some interesting things happening and you have some interaction with some NPCs like like in uh, in the Horde of the Dragon Queen, you've got like forty other NPCs to to talk to mm-hmm. um, on that thousand mile trip. But even then, it's not you know there, there's not a a really great way to make it easily dealt with. Mm-hmm. So you know I, I guess the thing to do is is just sort of vary the way that you have those sort of tra- bouts of travel happen. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, some of them you can spend a session doing the travel and, and having a, a lot of different things happen and a lot of small things happen, and that's okay. But if that happens every time you have to travel, that's going to get old quick. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, just hand-waving the travel sort of – it feels like you're losing an opportunity for something. Right. Um, so, yeah. Suddenly the I mean, Underdark's not
0: dangerous, and that's not okay.
1: Right. Exactly. And And that's the thing is you don't want to remove that dangerous feeling of travel. I mean – you know, uh, in a lot of different fantasy worlds, traveling is one of the danger most dangerous things you can do because I mean, you're going the entire into the Lord unknown. of the Rings is just
0: trying to get from point A to point B, right?
1: exactly. and there and there's <laughs> so. dangerous things in between mm-hmm. and and that's exactly it. I mean, but how do you make it fun at the table that That's a question I think we've been asking for forty years now. <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, we have. it's i don't I don't know.
0: Yeah, and, and, I, and I think maybe I'll just vary it a little bit. Um, I, you know, I'm getting to a point where I think I'm, tr- I'm also trying to figure out how do I get them, like, I don't want them to spend the next five levels running around in the Underdark dealing with Out of the Abyss, although Out of the Abyss is written that way, right? Um, so I'm thinking, like, after they get to Graven Hollow, there'll be an opportunity to get back to the surface and do some stuff with Prince of the Apocalypse again and then, you know, back then head back again to actually carry out the the task that they figured out in, in Graven Hollow and whatever. So I think uh, there'll be some opportunities to do some other things. Like, out of the, uh, Prince of the Apocalypse doesn't have a lot of travel. It's all within a relatively small, self-contained area. And at this point, the random encounters are easy that I just hand wave them. And they don't have an army with them, so it's kind of okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's probably going to help. And then in the meantime... I'll I'll mix it up like I think this this next game I've got one this weekend I'll probably uh, try out Mike's idea of say okay um, you know weird things straight random things dangerous things happen to you along the way what is it and to have them come up with these ideas uh, about mm-hmm. what happens but then also like take that you know weird stuff happens table and for each one of the things they come up with like roll something interesting on that that just to give it a twist that they didn't expect you know. So you know, oh yeah, that 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 thing totally did happen. You did see that weird geographic geomet or you know, the the you did walk through the giant geode cave and uh, and were confused by the sparkling lights and the crystals and whatever. Plus, you know, uh, roll on the table. Somebody went crazy and and tried to run into the wall or whatever. So I think maybe I'll mix it up and then include that chart because that that thing was interesting. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although it's I, an oh,
1: interesting. It's an interesting idea to let them kind of decide, um, mm-hmm. and then you can actually give them, you know, little small benefits if they come up with something really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, maybe inspiration, or 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 if they bring up something or think of something that really adds to the lore of the campaign. That's mm-hmm. that's really cool. Chance to earn your inspiration for the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. I like it. I'm going to try that out. I didn't even get to talk about my other group. I'm I'm still running that group uh, with kids. My group of of Mm -hmm. 12 and 13-year-olds that have just gotten way too big.
2: Can I ask uh, a question about your game? Yes. Uh, How do you like running a big-ass army instead of just focusing on the PCs? I hate it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, like I've, that was one
0: thing when I looked at with
2: that adventure. I said, you know, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, I don't care. I'm just yeah. going to send the PCs around the Underdark.
0: Yeah, no, and it, but the thing is, is I've done that enough. Like, I I generally hate running NPCs that are just constantly around anyway. Yeah, um, right. Like, you know, Harshnag. I'm like, uh, anything I can do to get Harshnag out yeah. of this group, I'm happy. I love Maybe. doing role-playing encounters. Combat encounters are fine. Whatever. But I don't want this person to be part of the party because that's a pain in my butt. So I did the whole, like, make photocopies of it and, and hand them out to the players and let them run them. And that's fine. But um, And that's part of why I wanted to do the random encounters. Like, let's whittle this down a little bit. Let's kill some of these guys. <laughs> ah, <laughs> move on. Uh, you know? earthquake. Everyone well, dies. And, of and, and the players are quickly realizing this. Like Wait a minute. There's these, there's these. Uh, I forget what they're called now. They're guards, right? Is it? Um, I don't know. They're they're one of the factions. Gave them these these NPCs that are called guards, right? right. Uh, and so like, oh well, they're guards. They got a halberd, Let's put them on the front lines against these these demons that we ran into. And so they did. They put them on the front lines, and uh, without really looking very carefully, it's like, yeah, but those are CR one fourth guards, like. The demons just slaughtered them, you know? mm-hmm. so oops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? But but what do you do with CR one-fourth in your retinue in the Underdark? Like, they can't survive there anyway, so what yeah. what, what are they doing there? So, yeah. I mean, some of it has worked out useful. Right? They, I mean, the, the, the writing lizards that they got are useful to them. Um, they, you've got to have the Zents with you, basically, because they're your guides to Mantle Dareth, because um, the Zents are your connection to Mantle Dareth. Um, but yeah, I don't know what to do with them all And, so I, I, and, I, and I knew I wouldn't like them uh, But I decided, you know what I've, I've cut that part out of enough <laughs> games at this point uh, That I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do it And let them play with that for a little while And then figure out what to do with them later Right Interesting So that's where I'm at, yeah And they all have names Did you notice that in the adventure? They, oh, you, do they? You recruit all of these people And every single one of them has a name <laughs> so, I've got like a big cheat sheet with all of their names listed, and, and it, as I develop like personality quirks or connections to it for them or whatever, I, I make mm-hmm. note of it so that I remember that that's a thing with that person. And then they keep dying, and I got to cross them off. And then they like rescued some prisoners, so I just sort of handed them a couple of things back that, you know, well, these guys died here. The, the new guys that you just rescued, they'll be, they'll just be the new version of that. <laughs> Use the same stats there, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's that's an element that I – I mean, and honestly, the whole planning your trip and gathering your food and none of that was very interesting to me either. But it's not something we do very often and, and like I did it and, and they're like, oh, we get to play Oregon Trail today, you know. <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> <at> Oregon <laughs> Trail in the Underdark. That's what we're doing, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, and they, I think they had a, an OK time and it was fun. But I don't know that I want to do it regularly because it gets tired. All
1: right. Yeah.
0: Yep. All right. I think we're good. Uh, I've talked enough, and I'm, I'm over time, as, as we all do. So thank you all for listening, uh, and we'll be back next month. So say goodbye, guys. Goodbye, goodbye guys.